Hi and welcome to another episode of Wine and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. All right guys, let's uh let's get into our next subject. <laughs> And before our next subject, let's get into the wine because this is the right. wine of the podcast. All right, here we go. So, this is, um, I can't pronounce that. Chassagne Moutraché. There you go. Moutra- yeah. What Thomas said. This is from the Burgundy region of, uh, obviously, France. Yeah. Um, Burgundy is, if you know where, or it's probably you don't know, but it's... Centre of uh, France. Yeah, Dujon is, it's south of Dujon and south even further of the Champagne region. This is a 2013... Agin Nogat Garage. Yeah, whatever garage. <laughs> this is this is called the this is a premier cru. So in France they, they classify a lot of their wines in this region. It goes cru, premier cru, and then grand cru. And the obviously the grand cru is the, the best of the area. But the grape has to be achieve a premier cru for so many years before it can then move on to a grand cru. And anyway, anyway. But that's so, only for the Bourgogne, by the way. The Bordeaux have got the totally different style. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So um, I, for this region, I was lucky enough many years ago to go to this part of France. Yeah. And that's the only reason I know that is because we went on a wine tour. So let's see how this wine is. Hopefully this is, it's been open for a while. 2013, right? Yeah, 2013. Man, it better be a good one because, man, if we beat him, he, he's in trouble. If you uh, beat it with the rubbish I dished up, mate, we're in a- <laughs> Yeah, it's it, it wasn't rubbish. It was it was okay drinking. I didn't appreciate it. I wasn't enjoying it. Yeah, but you haven't been drinking the last two weeks, man. This no. this that's your issue. You've lost a little bit of that um, training. My taste buds should be uh, firing. Okay, so this year, for those who missed oh, the last podcast, we can. Cheers, I, boys. One of us Cheers. are going to go a little bit better wine this, and the other two are going to stick to that fifty dollars. We've said that, and yeah, but that was in the last one. I'd like so you to forget you something that we've said. Shut up. Wow, tough wine. Tough wine. It's different, isn't it? What is that Taste it straight away. French. Oh. Got something different in it. Did you buy it from another garage? No, it's not. Piss <laughs> <laughs> off. That's good. Yeah, no, it's... Listen. I think I'm not going to listen to you too fast. Because I've probably left and you're going to shit stir me anyway. No. So. Blood of Christ. <laughs> well, we found the Holy Grail. No, I don't think we have. Uh, It'll be the blood of Cain if you keep it up. Need to let it breathe. All right, so what, what are we on? What are we on now? Books, book club. Oh, yeah. Mm. So we're, we're, this year what we're doing, we're doing one person that inspires us. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a book. Yep. And then we're going to talk rubbish. They're going to be the three segments. Mythbusters, yeah. Mythbusters. So the first book we've chosen is The Daily Stoics by Ryan Holiday. It's a book that Thomas and I have been banging on about for a couple of years. Yeah. And we thought it would be a good place to start. Ryan Holiday is probably, I was trying to think of the right word, but at the moment he's probably the most prolific disseminator of the ancient Stoic philosophy. So he's talking about it and writing about it more than anybody else. He's not trying to reinvent philosophy. He's trying to explain it to us idiots in a way that we can understand it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, And probably realising the value in it for a lot of the stuff that we spoke about in the last segment for people, trying to break it down in a way that isn't too overwhelming for people because if you you hear the word philosophy, people tune out straight away, especially if you're a bit younger and haven't reached that point in life where you're thinking about your self-worth and your self-growth. 
so he does it in a way that everyone can understand. And the the book that we've chosen is a, a bloody good book, ATL. Yeah. Um, and simple for simple minds like me. Simple. Yeah. So it's it's three hundred and sixty six Stoic meditations or Stoic lessons, one Quotes, for every yep. day. Yeah. Um, someone buying the book should only read one page a day, and in the introduction he goes on to explain why you should do that. But it is so it doesn't overwhelm and. Because it is a process from step one, I've decided to do something with my life to all the way through to actually growing one page at a time, study it, learn it, and um, go from there. It's broken down into three quarters, so each each quarter has a theme, and then each quarter is broken down into a topic for the month. I'm actually interested in hearing Chris's thoughts on this because he hadn't read it. You, you, Thomas, you and I have read it. Yeah. Well, I'm on my third time round, and I actually might try and listen to it this time. Might actually try and learn something this time. But um, Chris, you probably haven't read a lot of philosophy in the past. Fair to say, not having a dig. No, absolutely. No, no, hundred percent, mate. No, no, absolutely. Um, can I say to you, when when you talk about Stoics or the Stoics or the the way of living life, well, who are the, the Stoics? Were so they're ancient philosophers who who came up with a system of values and a system of beliefs in how we could or should live our lives. They weren't the only ones. There's plenty of others out there, but the Stoic is... It's not a form of religion, but if you could liken it to that, they had their own way of doing things and their own expectations on how us as humans should behave. And pretty much every personal development book I've ever read or come across is based on their philosophies. Fair to say, T.L.? Yeah, yeah, because Stoics are about uh, the... Uh, Reaching the best of yourself, and any books on motivation has to talk about it, right? So, in, in many ways, all motivational books have got parts and bits of all those Stoics, right? But yes. where else can you get three hundred sixty-five quotes of the best Stoics sharing mm. this with you in three hundred sixty-five days? So, going into this book, when I read a book, I've got to read you know front to back. Yeah. Simple as that. So. Right. Just right even before you go to contents, there's a there's a saying, and it's obviously all this is translated from Latin, and it's as directly translated as they can. Uh, one of them was, um, of all people, only those are at leisure who make time for philosophy. Only they truly live, not satisfied to merely keep good watch over their own days. They annex every age to their own. All the harvest of the past is added to their store. Only an ingrate would fail to see these great architects of venerable thought were born for us and have designed a way of life for us. That was by Seneca. And even just that foreword in itself, if you take time to think about it, says a lot about the Stoics. And it was my misconception about Stoicism was about being a hard-ass, you know, steadfast, true. And it's actually way more than... It's not that. It goes actually the opposite to that, where people were talking more about not how they act with other people, but how they act with themselves. Yeah. And how they... Because, because maybe a lot of people, when they see Stoics, they think of Sparta. Maybe. And they think of the Athenians, like, you know, who have to be uh, always preparing themselves for war. Mm. And I think it's totally wrong. The Stoics can be the softest people, um, but they have a way of living life that can only in, be inspiring for, for a lot of people. And, and so I think it's interesting what he just said, because... What Chris just said is that many of us decide about reading certain things or not reading it because of our own ignorance. Yeah, absolutely. Our 100%. own prejudgment yeah. about what that should be. Yeah. When you could be actually 
walking past a, a treasure trove of yeah. uh, wisdom. You Look, need to have all the information so you can make an informed decision. It's make your about, own decision, it's yeah. It's not about, we've talked about that one in relation to watching the media before, it's not about saying, oh, I don't, oh, they're just people from Sparta, I'm not going to read their shit. Read it anyway. Right, and then you can make it. An and then you can decision, talk about it. Yeah, right? absolutely. So the beautiful thing about the book is, I think the, the Stoic philosophy can be summed up. I believe in all they want is people to look inwards before they look outwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yep. And anyone will tell you that the principles you uh, read out before from Chris Gardner. Yep. Looking, you know, it had a lot to do with that. So the first, we're, we're going to read about thirty pages of a book. Between each podcast, yeah, that's the yeah, plan. yeah, yeah, yeah. So absolutely. we're, all we're going to stay on the book, to stay on yeah, the one yeah. book. Right. Yeah, so we're doing the January today. We're doing right? January. So yep. the first quarter's theme is the discipline of perception, which how you view the world, basically, if you were to translate that into layman's terms. And then January is the first month, obviously, and the topic is clarity. What did we learn about clarity in the first thirty-one pages? Well, from my own reading of the 31st page, it's that the world tries to mesmerize you with certain things, right? Live like this, then you'd be known as being successful. This is how you should behave because that's how society would want to. And what I believe the book is trying to say is that unless you really can go inward and analyze things for yourself, then you can't see in your own little life, which is very short period of time in the span of the universe, then you won't see what it is for your life. But if you can go inwards and you can really see it, then you can make that very small amount of time be really that opportunity for you to sing that song you're meant to sing mm. from birth. And so a lot of people don't spend that time to really develop the ability to see clearly among all of these fantasies or uh, all of these things that this society is using to mesmerize us into thinking one way. It's really heavy on trying to teach you very early on to focus on what you can control and what you yeah. can't. There's many, many lessons in the first month about what can you control and what you can't. Something I believe from the first couple of pages is lesson one and lesson two should be swapped because lesson two is educate yourself to be free. Freedom, education is freedom. And I think that's the first thing that people have to understand about picking up a book or about reading all the books and not writing something off because you may not be interested in the topic. We have to educate ourselves. You know, we go to school to learn how to read, write and count. We don't learn, go to school to learn how to do life. We don't go to school to learn how to do money. And it's a shame. That's probably what should be taught because it's much more important. Yeah. We all leave school being able to read, write and count but got no fucking clue how to live life. We learn, at school we learn how to remember, not how to create. Right. And how to you know how to deal with people, how to interact with people. We know what bullying's like, and right. we know what being nice to someone's like, but that's about the limit yeah. of it. Yeah. So but maybe the other way too is that at school we, we learn how to do, not how to be. Yeah. yeah. Very good. So lesson one is understand that there's things you can control and things you can't, and wasting energy on the things you can't is exactly that wasted energy, and you can't do anything about it. Yeah. So work but, out. But what but but what is stopping a uh, a person from thinking, hold on, what What if I expanded my ability to control what I can't? Look, well, if you can't control it, you can't control it. It's a pretty definitive word, can't. But I think that comes down with ego. I think someone with an ego that thinks that they can control more than they can control would think. That way. I, ca I can't control the wild horse, but with a bit of learning, I can learn to control nah, the wild horse. they're talking about you can't control the weather. So if it's raining or if it's sunny, it's going to be raining or sunny. What you do with that is up to you. But, mate, your mind shift could be... 
up for a huge uh, shift very soon no, because actually, the Chinese apparently can now <laughs> can now create yeah, rains about. in some parts of the world already. <laughs> they they have technology to do some of these things. Okay. So so well, I'm not saying it is true, yeah, but yeah. what if it does? In. Then our look, paradigm you know, shift has to talk encompass it. They will talk probably further on in the book about being realistic about what you can't control and what you can control, yeah. which I think is what, you know, everyone can break in a horse because horses can be broken in. It's a proven fact. So putting that in the, you know, we use it in a work sense, oh, I can't control it, that's not my fault, that, that's not the stoic way either. But it's having a deep understanding. And it's to take a lot of pressure off a lot of people, I think, too, who feel the weight of the world on their shoulders and, and live every bump in the road. Um, and don't react to external factors the way they should, to understand, hey, some of it's not your fault, but how you deal with it is your fault. So and the modicum of choice. Yeah? That, that, and that's one of the things that I was going to say about that freedom of choice, being able to what you can you control. And really what they come down to is the only thing you can control is your thought. Because even you can't control your body, because if you're locked up, you're not controlling your freedom. You're not controlling your body. You're not controlling what time you get up, what you eat, and so forth. You can only control your thought. And later in on that first month, is that's what they get down to. Yeah. When I first saw it, I've gone, bullshit. I mean, I can control my body. No, I can't. Well, I think I can. I can't control its freedom. I can't, you know, if I have a nervous tick, I can't control that and so forth. So it's right. The healthiest people on the planet still die of heart attacks. Uh, and some of the unhealthiest it. people on the planet live till they're 100. So... That's an example, but what... It's very rare, though. What the first month... So you're talking about exception or you're talking about... Uh, <laughs> no, is it very rare? The, the, the norm, it because is. these are some of the things. I, I agree with you that maybe January 2 should have been first, and to me, January the 2nd, his lesson was that education is freedom. And I think that in the end, which really goes back to that quote you had in the beginning by Seneca, who was a slave, by the way, who said really that all knowledge must lead to self-knowledge. And I think that the minute that you realize that, then you understand that, you know, learning about engineering may not be about self-knowledge. That's not knowledge. That's knowing, learning how to do something. That really true knowledge is about knowing self. You know what? I would never have picked this book up if it wasn't for us doing this podcast. And I, you've spoken, you guys have spoken about it a couple of times. Yeah. But it never really interested me to pick it up. Can I tell you, it's probably one of the best books I've ever picked up. We've probably and done And I've only gone 30, 30-odd pages in the January yeah. and the, the introduction and so forth. It's an amazing book. And it is so easy to read. But uh, do you, what, what do you put it to? to? The content of the book or maybe the fact that you have to do this podcast and therefore you had to read beyond the book? Because... Some of the things about the books too is that a lot of people read books. Not many people apply the books. Hence, he's asking people to just apply one a day because if you can just read that one thing a day and all day long, that's all you do. Less than twenty-four, mate. That's you've got way more chance. Twenty-fourth of January. Read, read, read it. How do you remember that? Because it's written. Because here. he's got. Oh, notes. you've got it written there. Sorry. <laughs> that's one of those. I couldn't see your iPad. What I'm more interested in, which is probably something. You know, it'll help me personally. I, I met the guys in the office read. These guys have got to read. And I don't know how to get them to read. I and had I the don't same to, conversation with I don't with know Thomas. how to get the point. I don't know how to get lesson number two across. You've got to educate yourself, right? So I think Thomas found this book sitting on my desk one day. I don't know how I came across yep. I think I listened to a podcast. It, it got mentioned. I grabbed the book. It sat on my desk. He came in, read it one day. 
And all of a sudden, for the next 12 to 18 months, it was a lot of what he spoke about. So uh, I'm interested if, knowing the relationship that you two guys have, why did you have no interest in picking the book up? I think the word stoic stopped me. And, I, and that's why I picked that introduction right at the beginning of the introduction. It's, it's amazing. Except to the most avid seekers of wisdom, stoicism is either unknown or mis- misunderstood. Indeed, it would be hard to find a word dealt a greater injustice at the hands of the English language than stoic. The average person with vibrant, action-orientated, paradigm-shifting ways of living has become shorthand for emotionalists. So they're already saying people automatically think that stoic is emotionalist. Given the fact that the mere mention of philosophy makes most nervous or bored, stoic philosophy on the surface sounds like the last thing anyone would want to learn about, let alone urgently need in the daily course of life. And I read that and I've gone, that's how I looked at the word. And that's what I said at the start. When you hear the word philosophy... It doesn't sound sexy. No, it doesn't sound like something you can learn in five minutes. No. And it can't. You can't. Maybe... it does a disservice to the Stoicism philosophy that Marcus Aurelius, the emperor, probably the most powerful and most educated emperor of Rome, was one of their first. Yep. And so hence, you know, whatever comes with an emperor, a, the army, a, a guy who's been taught by principles in the army, that we tend to think, yeah, all right, so you have to be emotionless, you have to be tough, you have to be this, you have to be the discipline. Because it comes from ancient times, people might really think it's antiquated. But can I tell you, the 30 pages that I've read on the just January, or 31, whatever it is, it's been fantastic. And there is so many connections to what we do on a daily basis, yeah. every day that we read that. It's, it's just everything crazy. we do. It is, it is just Clarify crazy. your intentions is lesson number five. Oh. It's about setting goals. So the whole of month one is about not trying to work out where you're heading and telling you, well, if you don't know, set a plan. Maybe it's not even goals on, on, on that five. I think it's, uh, to me, I, I read it as clarify what you really want to become in life, what you really want to do with life. I think he, he goes beyond goals. He, he goes... Let all your efforts be directed to something. Let it keep that end in view. It's not activity that disturbs people, but false conceptions of things that drive them mad. Lord 29 of the 48 laws of power is plan all the way to the end. By planning to the end, you will not be overwhelmed by circumstance and you will know when to stop. Gently guide fortune and help determine the future by thinking far ahead, Robert Greene writes. And seven habits of highly effective people is begin with the end in mind. You have to have a GPS coordinate, yeah? Yep. I, I believe that's what it's saying in that lesson. If you don't know, and it's something I've relied on... This year, probably more than any year, and it's not New Year's resolutions, but I've got a few ends in mind, finally, and it's something you can aim towards. And this whole, I think the whole month is trying to clarify those intentions for people. I think one of the best lessons in it, and it's probably best for this generation of people and your Instagram influencers and the people chasing lights on Facebook, is January 6th. You know, what's on January 6th? Where, who, what and why? Who are you? A person doesn't know what the universe is, doesn't know where they are. A person who doesn't know their purpose in life doesn't know who they are or what the universe is. A person who doesn't know any of these things doesn't know why they are here. So what to make of people who seek or avoid the praise of those who have no knowledge of where or who they are? Where A lot of us, most of us are stuck in this circle of chasing praise or 
uh, accepting criticism for people who have got no idea who they are or what they're doing anyway. Or who don't really matter in your life to start with. And as soon as we realise that, so I'm chasing likes on Facebook from 500 people who are sitting at home going, I don't know what I'm doing with my life either because everyone's in the same boat. I think that lesson in it is so powerful. Now, the good thing about this book is for every... You're not left to try and decipher all the um, stoic quotes on your own. Ryan gives a a breakdown of it and what he believes it to mean. So it it talks about exactly that. We talked earlier, I might have been in the last podcast, about we're doing what society tells us to do. In the 20s you do this, in the 30s you do that, in the 40s you do that. Rules written by a bunch of people who don't know who they are, where they are, or where they're going. But that's how we live our life. I think number six is one of the most powerful in the first 30 days. I think it... Not not necessarily for me personally, but I think when I look at the good that that could do if more people in the world understood that. You think about that. Thirty first for me, the thirty first of January, where philosophy as a medicine of the soul. You know, don't return to philosophy as a taskmaster, but as a patient mm. seeking or seek out relief in the treatment of sore eyes or addressing for a burn or from an ointment. Regarding it this way, you'll obey reason without putting it on display and rest easy in its care. And, and I think that's what the entire philosophy of Stoics about. It's about the more you learn about yourself, the more you know that the pursuit of happiness is within. And the pursuit of happiness is not outside. And that, that we can either live a life knowing that when we die, we all die fortuneless, we all die penniless, and we all die without friends. So because we are all doomed to going to that same destination, our ability to know how much is enough, how much is now something that you need to share with the people around you, so that you make them more powerful in their own life more fortune to themselves so that they can go out out there and do it to others i I think that is one of the philosophy of the stoics is that you can achieve way more with no money by reaching others hearts than having a lot of money and reaching none yeah number 23 talks about money being not all that what i got from 31 yeah I thought what he was sort of getting at is when you start doing step one and step two and step three and step four and putting in the work and focusing on what you can control, things are going to start going better for you. And as soon as things start going better for you, you're going to get busier, more things are going to happen, you're probably going to buy more things, you're going to do more stuff. And it's saying sort of don't forget where you came from. The, the only reason you got all those things to begin with was because of you, the philosophy you were studying and the philosophy you, you were reading. So don't just come back to it when everything's turned to shit again, yeah. don't go, oh, I've done step one through through three, I don't need any more, and then everything goes to shit. And then you go, oh, remember that book I was reading? I've just written, you know, the work will lead to success and better business, but don't forget where you came from. Don't forget yeah, what got you the, there in the first place. But in the end, if you if you take that medicine every single day, then... Yeah, not forgetting where you came from. So it's, don't wait till the building burns down to try and remember how you built it. Yeah. Because just doing, I think just doing lesson two, your life changes. As soon as you make a decision to try and educate yourself on whatever it is, your life is going to change. Yeah. But, but here is the one thing that uh, Chris brought up in the beginning. Most people read books and never apply any. Most re- people read 
amazing amount of knowledge that's been shared by amazing people all, all throughout the history. And we go back to who we used to be before the book. Well, they're not truly educating themselves then, are they? Because part of an education is to put it into practice. Yeah. Yeah? There's a saying I heard ages ago is we're drowning in knowledge and starving for wisdom. And it's a lot of us read for the sake of reading and we like the sayings and the books and the quotes and so yeah. forth, but don't really put that into practice. And I'm guilty of it on a daily we are basis. All, we are all. Yeah. And we, we don't put it on an, into practice on a daily basis. I, I've recently shared with yourself a series on Netflix Yes. And I've shared it with a number of people. You're the only person I know of that watched it straight away. And there's others there that will take a lot more out of it than probably yourself. The wine one or the... No, it's, it was called Coach's Playbook. Both. The Red Obsession was not Red bad. Red Obsession but was uh, okay. But uh, no, this is called The Coach's Playbook. Yeah, I've seen it. I haven't watched it. Yeah, the Red Obsession was about how Bordeaux stuffed themselves with yeah. valuing their wine too yeah. much. Netflix I'm usually watching before I go to bed and I don't like... Don't want something you see, to I don't. I, I get it, but I don't do it. What what he's trying to say is different, man. Mm. Me, I'm going. I value Chris' input. Yeah. He says, guys, you got the time to watch it. I find the time ASAP because I'm thinking he has seen something in it. Maybe I should look for. So I make it a, a game, and I reckon the uh, the play oh, the yeah, coach. Oh, mate. Only five. What a bloody series. You know, especially We're for me, that Patrick Muratoglu, you know? No, no. So when, when you have a look at it, no. But, but this is what, what this book is about, yeah. is that you have to be open to knowledge. Mm. You don't have to be open to just the Stoics book. You don't have to be open to just the 31st days of January because that's where you want to be. You have to develop that ability to be open, to have that growth mindset like, uh, uh, what is it, Green, uh, talked about Robert Green, mm. and, and you have to have that ability to just seek information from everywhere, you know, and, and I think it's, it's enormous. Until we really develop that, we're not going to talk about the Stoics book. We're not going to talk about that desire or that never-ending uh, drive for improvement. I think there's a void with a lot of people or an, an inability of a lot of people that actually know how to study a book and how to absorb and, and retain that information. I think a lot of people really don't know how to do that on a basic level. I mean... I think the beauty of this book is that one page a day, that's all you need yeah, to do. It's true. Yeah. Uh, even us doing it the way we've done it, you need to go back and you've read 30 pages at once. There's yeah. no way you've taken all that information in. No. So you go back. I've been doing it this year. I'm pissed off we did 30 pages at once because I was happily on day 15. <laughs> <laughs> I was happy with my one thing a day yeah, to worry yeah, about. But um, Yeah, but you have to be careful that you're no longer applying day three because we're now Yeah, no, you've got to try and remember. That's why yeah, I like You know? So you've got to stack it all up. Yeah, and, and I think that you have to revisit it. You have to do it again. I mean, one of the things that he's spoken about is keeping a, a journal, which oh. was, what I don't know what day now, day at the end. 28 or something. Yeah, like I'm not sure. I left a it anyway, out so when you so. look at the, the journal, like this this holiday, I went through my, my journals in the, in the digital format I have. You know, every day I, I, I keep a lesson of the day, but the last nine years I've got it on my iPad. And so... I also realized the digital format is not something I go to to read a lot because, yeah, you stumble on one, you stumble on two, but you don't allow yourself to have 
that opportunity of surprise by just opening the book at any page and then read that, you know. So I've gone through all my journals in on digital format to put them in a book. And I've sent them to a, a company that will put them all in a book for me. So I'll have a book for each year. And, and, and I think that these are the things that we need to be doing. Wow. It, it is not to think that the reading of today leads to a lesson for today or this week. But the lesson of today must be assimilated so that you use it in 50 years. And that's the key. I spoke to a leader a few days ago who said, oh, man, last year I, uh, my goal was to read 24 books. And I know, man, I've put the same kind of goal. And no, read one, but bloody apply that one. If I could really apply the 365 lessons that was in here, or 366, seriously, my life would be totally different. Have you found any you don't agree with in the first 30 pages? I don't. I, uh, I, I seem to maybe be a very good student where I go, if a teacher is someone I embrace, even the lessons I don't like from the teacher, I must learn to embrace them first before I'm allowed to reject the lesson. I can't reject the lesson before I try it. Because I'm sure the people would love some conflict because we're usually fighting, Bonnie. Yeah. But it's very hard to fight when you read this book. You, can't, a, you the, can't... Look, the one thing I noticed in this book, mate, and then, uh, look, I've only 30 pages in, as I said before, and I think I said before, I can't believe how current it is. It was written hundreds and hundreds of years ago, but the information is so current. It's all those people did, mate. You've got to understand who the philosophers were, the Stoics were. All they did... The, the early ones, they didn't work, they didn't have a wife, they didn't have kids. All they did was study human behaviour and philosophise on the way they thought the world should work. Yeah, but if you have a look, really, the, the precursors of the Stoics philosophy were two guys. One was Seneca, whose writing is, is huge, mm. and Marcus Aurelius, you know, an emperor who could have had everything in life and yet decided to live a life of humility mm. and self-development. Yeah. I mean, it's huge, man. It's massive stuff. It's huge. And that guy had so much humility. Do you know what hit me the most? Is when that the emperor Marcus Aurelius died, he actually asked his aides to burn all his journals because all of these lessons he wrote every single day, he wanted them to be for him, not for you, because he did not want to have his ideas staining who you were to become in your soul. But then his age, as they went through it, they realized this is too much information to burn. And so they went, that was the only time probably that they went against his wishes and kept all the books. What? I mean, you, yeah. what kind of human beings writes a lesson of the day? I don't know for how many years. How many volumes would he have had with his experience? And then decided to burn it at the end of his life. So we're talking about Marcus Aurelius, right? Yeah. There's January 18, which is, funnily enough, today. Right. And one of the things that I got, I read this and I thought, how beautiful. And it is about thinking outside the box and appreciating things that we wouldn't normally look at. And he goes, pass through this brief patch of time in harmony with nature and come to the final resting place gracefully. Just as a ripened olive might drop, praising the earth that nourished it gratefully to the tree that gave it growth. Now... This guy's a, a, not only a philosopher, he's also a poet the way he wrote. But as you said, he only wrote this for himself. Yeah, He didn't write this for anyone else to read. No. And some of the stuff is just unbelievable. I think that lesson there, what I took from it, is it wants us to look at things more than what they are and That's see right. if there's anything else there. 
talks about yes, looking but, at stuff but, as a poet and an artist. But slowing down, slowing down for a second and seeing and appreciating maybe even bad things that happen to you happen to you for a reason. But you ever thought why he would pick a poet? Because of the image or an people, artist? People can understand. You use metaphors, right? You tell us when we're training people or trying to teach a lesson metaphors because imagery is something that people can understand more than words a lot of the time. Look at the grace of a, an olive falling to the ground and returning to the earth. If you could say, look, when we die, we go back to the earth, it's not going to have the same picture as, as someone picturing an olive dropping yeah, okay. off a tree. So right. I, a, I see it different. I see the poet as a person who seek to see meaning that others can't see, mm. right? Like how many poets write some of those lines and you, you spend 24 hours reading that damn thing and you're going, man, what, what did he mean? He was the only person who got it. I mean, if you want to read, for example, uh, Rumi, uh, a Sufi poet, he, he has lines that I read sometime and I go, what the hell is he talking about? Yeah. And the other person, he says he's an artist because only an artist will seek excellence in what he's doing. And I think that that's what he's looking at. All right, look at the world, look at your job, look at what you're doing. See it as how it should be. Not see it as how your boss tells you to do it or how you need to do it because it's convenient, it's easy. Make it an object of art. May your actions at work do the best to this duty of yours and create an object of art. Mm. Ties into, I don't know if you got it in front of you there because I didn't write it down, but you've just triggered me on one of the other lessons from January was not to do things just out of habit. Yes, to avoid routines, yeah. yeah. Not to do things because that's how it was done 10 years ago, so that must be done. I mean, that's pretty relevant to what we do for a living, you know. There's still people running real estate how it was done 20 years ago yep. because that's how it's always been done. It's, it's a weird thing yeah, because he talks about don't do, follow routines, <laughs> but then on the 21st he says have, have a, a your morning, morning ritual. Routine. Yeah, morning routine. So, so uh, go for your morning ritual, but then don't do. Yeah, to but me, he's saying don't. So when he's when he's saying don't do things out of habit, he's saying what exactly what you just said. Don't just because your boss says something is a certain way, don't let that. Maybe you do it that certain way, but don't let that stop you thinking maybe there's a better is way. Is there a better right. way? That's right. Yeah. Right. Now right. having a morning ritual, which is something else you talk about a lot, is a great way to start your day and a great way for improving your life. That's a habit that's going to help life. If we followed everything because it's a habit, we'd still be in blacks versus whites and the world would never have changed. So I think that's where the difference is in what they're saying there. Yeah, no? Yeah. No, I get you. Right. No, Listen, the, the, the beauty of reading a book is that there's no right, no wrong. It's no. all interpretation, That's guys, it. right? And, and the reason we're doing what we're doing here is that three interpretations of a text is all, always going to be better than one. And then, therefore, we always enrich each other by talking. There's no right, no wrong, because we are all at different stage of our life, right? So therefore, we are all at Going, we're all going to take a different turn to everything we read, right? Yep. And, and so by mixing it, we now have got the mix of the wisdom of the ages and the ignorance of, of, <laughs> of youth. Youth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> youth, though. I'd rather be young and ignorant than, than you two, put it that way. Well, I think that's important, though. It's an Unfortunately, you're going to walk to that gate, brother, so <laughs> don't put it down. <laughs> I think... I'd like to tie that into what you were saying before about how intensely someone needs to read. I think it's okay to understand where you're at and if you're not a reader, I personally would rather someone read this book every day and form a habit of reading and maybe not get all the lessons out of it than they should 
than not read the book at all because we've just made it sound like you have to study it and it has to be your be-all and end-all. I think that's part of the problem with getting people to read to start with. If we if we made it okay for people just to just pick it up and read a page and if you get something out of it, great, but then tomorrow read another page, all of a sudden people might start reading more. Yeah. This is the third time I'm on this book. This 30 days, I probably wasn't ready for it the first two times I read it. I probably didn't have the space in my head at the time I got the book yep. to absorb it. So you're getting more this time. You're saying, yeah, oh mate, it, yeah, it, it's actually I can Sinking I, in. I can quote your stuff out of it. That's how I know I'm remembering it. Yeah. Um, I couldn't have told you what was on day one. I'm reading another book at the same time, and I can tell you what order that goes in as well. Which means I'm actually absorbing information for the first yeah, time. Yeah, but uh, it's not enough. Don't let the fi- I know you have to act on it, but I'm at a different level to someone who's never read a book before. Yeah. Right, yeah, so but I'm, you I'm, you're here only displaying like your ability to remember stuff. No, I understand, but that's how I know something's what, what going if, What if he head. doesn't remember anything that you remember, but he acts more pages than you? He's going to win. Here you go. I'm not saying. Yeah, but don't, I'm saying don't let it overwhelm you. Don't let Thomas saying that you have to live it, breathe it, and and act on all of it and read that book a thousand times scare you off just picking up and reading one page. Yeah, the one the one thing that, that people need to really remember is this. It may take a thousand blow to split the stone, but every single blow has contributed to that split, yeah. right? So even if 999 days of reading a book does not do anything, you just have to trust. Maybe that 1,000 will shift your mind, but that was not because of that 1,000 blow. It was all the 999 days of you reading, not not seeing the change, but trusting the change. Yeah, I just want right. to say because we were talking at the start about why you didn't pick up the book after we'd spoken yeah. about for 18 months yeah, and yeah. why the word philosophy scares people off because it sounds like hard work. It is. It's fucking hard work. And, and for me, can, it wasn't the word philosophy; it was the word stoic. But it it, it doesn't matter. It's good that. And one of the things that come out of this is that the association with you guys has allowed me to have this book and, and actually read it. I think it's... Thomas yeah. talks about letting the book choose you. I believe in that too. I've had this book for three years now and I probably wasn't ready for it three years ago. You know, everyone's at different stages in life. Everyone has different things going on. I, I just want people to read. I just, you know, it's, it's it, changed my world. So just pick up, read one page. If you don't understand it, ask someone who's read the book. But at the beginning you, you asked, how do you get people to read? And I, funnily enough, asked Thomas the same question, well, I don't know, maybe 12 months ago or so. And as you said, you said uh, your first trainer used to read to you. He'd ring yeah. you up at yeah. like six, six in the, in the morning, morning. Yeah. and start reading a paragraph to you. And maybe that's what we need to do is take the book to the team and at the beginning of training or at the end of the yeah, training. Yeah, done it. Do it. Just some people. And I, look, I didn't. I was an avid reader when I was at school. I didn't pick up a book again until I was in my 30s. So it's part of, part of that. My own answer is remember where people are at. I'd just like to speed up the process because yeah. if I got this book when I was 25, chances are I may have started applying some of it a little bit earlier Probably than not. 38. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Probably not. You don't know. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> the odds are. <laughs> probably not. The odds it, are if, probably if, not. If it wasn't for Chris and I, that book's still probably like be a very good doorstop for you. Yeah. It's another so bloody good <laughs> lesson in association though, isn't it? Because I love what we've, we've decided that like how how – much will we grow this year by picking a different person every fortnight to study and a different book to read every couple of months. So we've got, regardless if you're doing nothing else for the week, at the very yep. least you're trying to learn about another human and you're reading 30 pages of the book. It's yep. only going to help. So it's another it's another great advertisement for... I'm excited for the people listening to the podcast to go, oh, should I go? Well, I should go and watch the movie or I should pick up the book. I think that's great. And um, 
as you say, trying to get people to read. If we, if doing this gets one or two or three people to pick up that book and start reading it, I think we've, we've but done that's a why I'm different thing. to you. Maybe I'm not interested. The people who are ready will pick it up. The people who aren't, well, they they will say ignore it. The thing is a bit selfish. How much change is this session doing to me? No, that's what I'm just saying. And, How and, much and are I we going to grow? That's, the, oh, yeah, that's the growth for us, you know. February is going to bring us some some other things. That's unfortunately it's only 28 days. Hopefully they put 29. <laughs> I haven't been to that. So I think you that's have the 366, to, mate. I think there's February they, they, They're going to 29 then. So <laughs> they're going to really do certain things to you, and you have to trust the process. And that is the key to reading books: is that sometimes you read, you don't know. I used to say, the first personal development book I ever really read was The Four Agreements, which you read, I sent to you, and it changed my life. And I used to, every time someone asked me, what, where do you start, I was saying The Four Agreements. Now it's this, I think, more so than The Four Agreements. Four Agreements is still a wonderful book, but yeah. I think because it's wrapped in a bit of... A little bit too new age for me. Yeah, a little bit woo-woo kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But for me it was important because I have a lot of issues, I had a lot of issues I still do with other human beings, so that whole book's about yeah, understanding. Yeah, you don't like anyone. So so. <laughs> What's well, about understanding how other people work? So once I realise they're all dickheads for a reason. So you're, the like, lo- you're what we call the lonely stoic. <laughs> the lonely stoic. That's why when, when I realised that everyone was dickheads for a reason, it changed my life, it was okay. But, this but one, now, of, this. one of the habits, guys, that I hope that we are all developing is to let books choose us. I was in your office the other day, and one of the first things before meeting, I was looking all around, and I saw on top of some filing cabinet, three books. And I just went, and I just wanted to read. One was with Oprah Winfrey, and, and, and I just wanted to read a few lines. Because if it was right, then yeah. the book has picked me. That's how I picked this book in his office. It, it was just there among other books he had, but this one was just there. And so when you walk into a, a work environment, you walk, walk into a place where people are reading, just let your eyes run free and let the book pick you. Little picky. I used to pick poker machines the same way. <laughs> yeah. I used to go, speak to me machines. And they did. They did. <laughs> I haven't I'm going to take your money. <laughs> oh, well, good one on this one, guys. Uh, $3.79 on Kindle, according to Chris. $3.73. The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday. Holiday. Peace. Cheers, guys. See ya.